Welcome to The Kitchen Table, a conversation about faith, music, and culture. Join Shine.fm's ministry director, Brian McIntyre-Utter, and his son, Jake, around the table for this week's chat. Welcome to The Kitchen Table. My name is Jake. And I am Brian. And we're so glad to have you back for another episode of The Kitchen Table. I know I missed these past couple weeks because I've been just at camp, shockingly, due to all the COVID, but I am glad to be back. A quick rundown of why and how we started this show and what we do in this show. I mean, this episode, we're talking about just kind of recapping on what we're wanted to get out of this. We just love fostering faith discussions uh, between parents and young adults. And so that's the main key. Uh, we're going to dive into that more in this episode, but focusing faith discussions between parents and children and just having conversations. How we do the show, we do our faith discussion for mm-hmm. the first like 20 to 30 minutes, and then we move into a segment called Music Matters. And it's pretty simple. We just talk about music because we think music matters. And so I bring a song, dad brings a new song, and he brings an oldie but goldie, as we like to call it. And then we didn't it, have an oldie but goldie when you were gone. Oh, you didn't? No, because we had a lot of guests and they each had songs. So. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And then we move into Culture Shock. Culture Shock is where we find someone who is making a difference for the kingdom of God in a unique way. It can be the average Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo. Thank you for saying it the way you do. Or um, could be a, a an actor, actress, sports figure, newscaster that has sort of a celebrity status. We basically share the story of what they're doing to make a difference in culture for the kingdom of Christ. That is culture shock. Mm. So today's a little unique. Today, we've been doing the program now for a little over two years. Yeah. And the purpose of why we started this, it continues to be the purpose of why we do this. And that is uh, to have these faith conversations. You know, this all started because Jake was going off to college and we wanted to kind of maintain this opportunity to hang out and talk about faith stuff together. And so uh, we turned this thing into a podcast and then now it's on the shine.fm network. And we hope it does fulfill its purpose, the why. And that's what we want to talk about is the why. We are resetting the why of the kitchen table on this episode. As parents, and I'm going to be, of course, coming at this from the parent side of things. Jake will be coming at it from the Mm. child side of things, even though you're a 20-year-old child, but um, nonetheless. I'm your child. That's right. We all want our children to have an everyday faith. It's not just a faith that lives at church, traditionally church Sunday, but with COVID, it's different now. We have a faith that doesn't necessarily live at church because uh, we're not necessarily able to go to church. So how do we keep that everyday faith in front of our children, I think, is more important now than ever. It is, especially with COVID, I think I've noticed a lot. People are so deprived of social interaction. I went to a camp in northeastern Indiana, mm-hmm. and they were socially distanced, And but they said that there was more students there than a normal camp year because... Wow so many kids wanted to be in a social interaction because they were so deprived. And it's really hard because when I think of church, I think of community. I think of family. Mm -hmm. It's really hard because I'm fortunate. I grew up in the church my entire life. I've had a good base of, of friends and family around me. And so it's really hard. I don't know what kids are going through now since COVID because they just had that stripped away. I can't imagine being a seven. I can't, I can't imagine being my little brother during this. 
Yeah, and you know, churches are trying their best to do things for kids on yeah. social media and whatnot, but we're also seeing this digital fatigue mm-hmm. that's happening when it comes to church and online church. Yeah. You know, the priority of a parent is to instill in our children a faith that goes with them everywhere they go. Mm-hmm. It's something that is personal to them. So how do we do that? How do we help kids grow their faith from something they think only happens at church to knowing their faith is actually a part of them no matter where they are. That is the challenge. Yeah. I think one way to, to fix that problem and fix that challenge or combat that challenge, and the church is moving this way, but I think the best way of doing that is pushing the fact that the church is not the four walls. Right. And the church is moving that way, but especially like growing up for me, it was like, oh, this place is holy ground. This is the only place like I can reach God. <laughs> um, right. And I mean, I, that was shut down pretty quick because you always told me that. I mean, we, we were missionaries. We, we did ministry outside of the four walls all the time, right. all the time. I remember going to a burned house and destroying it. And just doing ministry no matter <laughs> they, what. Yeah, explain that, destroying it. We were deconstructing a home that was destroyed yeah, by but, fire but so we could build it back up. My five-year-old self was like, we're destroying a house, sweet. But I've just, I've grown in a very different way of ministry than, than most children have. And I think just understanding the fact that God is, it's a personal relationship. It's not a corporate relationship. And many times, and this is just the way it is, and, and we have to, this is a part of the natural progression in the growth of faith in children is their relationship is many times just riding on the coattails of their parents' relationship. But there has to become a point, and as parents, we can help them where their faith takes on its own relationship. They yeah. they figure this out for themselves. You know, kids love to imagine and we can help them own their faith even more when we help them imagine even further. So rather than shutting down the conversation or giving them just black and white answers when they ask something, uh, I said something earlier this week on air about avoiding the, well, just have faith statements. Yeah. If your child comes to you and they have a question about something and you respond, well, just have faith. That's really the easy way out. You're not giving them an answer. Yeah. And that doesn't help their faith grow at all. It's time to be passionate about seeing the new generation of children growing up in environments where faith questions are encouraged and discussed and where questions are surrounded by confidence instead of guilt. You get to encourage your children as parents as they begin a lifelong journey of faith. And that's really what we want for them, a lifelong journey of faith. And honestly, as a parent, that is the best job in the world. Yeah. You always told me that your first mission field is your children. Absolutely. I mean, I grew up with you saying that. You did a good job of explaining to me for what I knew. You know, like I knew, oh, we're on the mission field. This is where we do God's work. And so you're like, my first mission field is you guys mm-hmm. to me and my brother. And I think that was, that was one of the good things you did is you dumbed it down. You you made me. Under- I made it age appropriate. Yes, you did. You made me understand it. And then when I got older, you're like, okay, so this is like the next, <laughs> the next deep theological understanding of this. Right. There are many resources out there that are age appropriate. In fact, um, towards the end of the program, the faith discussion, I'm going to give you some resources. Uh, some of these are free online resources 
that, in fact, I think all of these might be free, they will help you and they're age appropriate. Honestly, when it comes to faith conversations and uh, the role of discipleship within the family, actions speak louder than words. So spending time with your family, reframing your discussions, finding time to pray with your children has worked better than any speech on why you should or shouldn't do this. So what can we do? Here's some uh, practical things. One, you can pray with your child when they express an emotion. During conversations throughout the day, if you mention that they are nervous or if they're sad, ask them if they want to pray about this. Now, sometimes they'll say yes, sometimes they'll say no. And it wasn't until you start doing this kind of thing that you remember as a kid feeling so loved and free once you pray about something. We've done that. When an emotion is expressed, hey, can we pray about that? We, you know, we still do it with our youngest son, Michael. He has autism, so his expression of emotion is different. But we know when he's, when he's sad. We know when he's scared. We ask him, do you want to pray about this? And he always does. Yeah. Uh, another thing you can do is let your child see you reading the Bible or reading some other book or journaling. Let them actually see you. I tend to be someone who does my devotion in private. I do it when I got no distractions. That's when I read the Bible. That's when I read other books. But it's important to demonstrate that to your children, that they see that. Let them see you reading more than anything. How do I expect my child to get excited about reading scripture if they never see me do it? Yeah. Um, as a parent, we need to brush up on our Bible stories. Most children love to hear the Bible stories. In fact, great free resource is the Bible for Kids. The Bible app from Life Church is a huge app. There is a, a Bible for Kids app that they've also created, and it's got these drawings yeah. of the Bible, and it's not scripture. It's not 100% scripture. It's the Bible stories taken out of scripture and put to image. So this is a great way for you to not only brush up on those stories, but grab a tablet, which the kids already love, yeah. pop that open, and go through Bible stories with them. Tell those stories in your own words. So they make sense. And they've made them appropriate for kids. Introduce these characters to them. Your child knows your personality and you know your child's personality. You know what storytelling styles they respond to. So do it that way. The amount of resources that are out there for parents, especially, is shocking. It's amazing. And I think it's really helpful with the entire, like, you know, like the Bible for Kids app. And there's just a lot of people have done a lot of good things to grant access and ease for parents to teach their kids because I think that it's not just the church's job. Not not at all. Not at all. I grew up in a Christian high school and so some parents just seemed, oh yeah, it's a school's job. Oh, you're taking my... Bible class. You'll yeah, be yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, so you don't need to go to church. Or, but I mean, even our school told us like, hey, you need to get planted in the church. This is not church. This is Bible class. It's different. You don't have the community. This is just your school. So the resources that are out there for people is amazing. Another thing we can do as parents, again, actions speak louder than words, is we can show our children growth race. Let's face it, this whole parenting thing, it's a tough gig. So many times we want to lose our minds on our children sometime. What we need to show is a, a little bit of grace. How many times does the child spill the drink? Happens all the time. We need to show grace. We can't expect our children to do one thing when we ourselves model another. Yeah. So if we want them to experience grace, to understand the concept of grace that is shown to us by God, we as parents have to model that same level of grace. And then one day you're able to tie in God's grace in a bigger way to them when they see grace modeled by you. They are learning there is nothing that they can do that will make us as parents love them less 
That's just like God. There is nothing we can do that God will love us less. Another thing we can do, we need to, if you know, if you are attending church with your children, whatever that looks like nowadays, but find out what your child is learning on Sunday in Sunday school, children's church, wherever, and follow up on that. And if your church is not helping you as a parent know what they're talking about on Sundays, ask them to. They should be communicating to you, hey, we've been talking about this, then you as a parent can follow up. It's a lot easier to talk to your child about what they have already talked about in church when you actually know what they're talking about in church. So you can't wait till they're old enough to sit with them in church and be able to join in the singing and hearing the pastor and watching Taking Communion or Taking Communion. You've got to begin these conversations. Yeah. So once we start having these conversations, how do we then dive into having deeper faith conversations with our kids? There is no one-size-fits-all plan because all kids are different. Different ages, different maturity levels. And so you really have to think about a personalized plan for each one of your kids. Now, if you have nine children, like friends of ours, that's a lot of plans. (laughs) (laughs) But you want to commit to continually deepening your own understanding of Christianity as a parent. There is no replacement for you. If you're not prepared to be the number one representative of Jesus in your kid's life, then you lose all credibility as a spiritual leader. So the pressure's on us as parents. If you can't answer the big questions your kids ask, you will leave them wondering if all this really matters. So you've got to be ready to answer the questions. And it's not that answer like I mentioned earlier, right? Oh, we'll just have faith. That's the lazy way out. You need to make a spiritual space in your home. Now, by spiritual space, it's dedicating time for your family to engage together in growing your understanding and relationship with God. Start somewhere if you haven't already. Maybe 30 minutes a week, a feasible goal for pretty much any family. And then as you do that and it becomes a habit, add more time in there to make more spiritual space. And I guarantee you it's going to completely change your family's spiritual life. Yeah. Study the Bible with your kids. We've already talked about this. Again, really, this might sound like Christian Parenting 101, but it's important for you to study the Bible with your kids. Use that app. There are a lot of resources out there. I'm going to share a few here in a minute. You want to proactively and regularly ask your kids what questions they have. Give them the opportunity to ask those questions. They shouldn't feel ashamed. They shouldn't feel guilty. You should be able to ask whatever they need to ask. Is that the atmosphere we created at home? Yeah, and that's why we started this. That's true. Also, as parents, you're opening up the door for them to ask questions, but also you need to ask your kids tough questions that they don't ask you. You can't just react to the questions that they happen to have. You need to proactively put questions that we know are important in front of them. So if your kids are struggling with faith, and let's face it, they will. We've talked about uh, the lead singer of Hawk Nelson who recently said, doesn't believe in God anymore. We've done episodes of The Kitchen Table where we've talked about deconstruction of faith, and that is basically what he is going through right now. He is deconstructing his faith as an adult. How much more productive do you think that process would be if you're allowing your children to ask those hard questions as they grow up and you're forming their spiritual mentality about who God is? They're not waiting to a point. He probably, and I think he grew up in a home, very conservative, very fundamental, wasn't allowed to ask those questions. Mm. And now he's asking those questions and he says, I don't believe in God anymore. Now, a lot of people are bashing him. That's the worst possible thing you can do because he's deconstructing his faith. Give him space, encourage him, strike up conversations with him, allow him to process this. He'll be back. There's just no other way around it. 
So if we allow our children to have that opportunity when they're younger to ask those tough questions and to ask those tough questions of them, man, it's going to just, when they're struggling in their faith, you need to be the detective. Don't panic. Don't immediately start dispensing answers. Find out what exactly they mean when they say this or they say that. Why have they come to a specific conclusion? And then you'll be able to address the real concern of the struggle that they're facing. It's a hard line to follow because, like, I don't even know what it's like to be a parent because I'm not one. I understand, like, you want to take care of your kids. But I think a part of asking those questions is letting them grow up a little bit, even though you might not want them to. You have to. Like I said, I've said it before, the most important words you can teach your children is figure it out. Now, you want to help them on certain things. Spiritual issues, you want to help them. Mm -hmm. But figure it out. And that's one of the other things we have uh, that we wanted to mention here is work with your kids on how they can seek answers to faith online. Help them figure it out. Look at other resources because there's going to come to a point, happens all the time, it's called the teenage years. And when the teenage years happens as a parent, guess what? You suddenly have no brain. To your children, you don't know what you're talking about. I see that grin over there. Just getting a side eye the entire right? time. And they're going to listen to other voices other than their I'm parents. Out of my, I'm, I'm out of my teen years. I know, so. yes. You you oh. went through those, but there was a time. Yeah. There was a time. I'm not and, saying there wasn't. And I'm that's just a, out of it. And so it doesn't, I'm good. And it doesn't matter what kind of Christian home they've grown up to. It happens. But give them other outside voices, other resources that they can seek answers to. It will help in the long run. Trust me. You want to teach your kids about religion and about other religions and other worldviews other than Christianity because they're going to experience people in their lives who are going to come from other religions. So you have to teach them the basics of this. There are resources for that as well. And the most important thing is if you're not doing this, you need to start today. The spiritual status quo of a family is probably uh, quite comfortable, but you're not doing your children any favors. So I wanted to share some resources that I've found. Uh, These are great, and I encourage you to do that. There is a a website called The Parent Q, Q QUE.org, The Parent Q. They have faith conversation guides that you can get for free. All you have to do is give them your email address. They're going to send them out. And they have different versions, like you said, the appropriate age level, right? They have a preschool faith conversation guide. They have elementary, middle school, and high school. Again, the website is theparentq.org. Another uh, website, pathos.com, P-A-T-H-E-O-S.com, they have, uh, it's sort of a game. There are these uh, faith chatter conversation cards, and it's a game. Here's how it works. You begin by picking a card from the deck, and you read the question aloud, and the person to your right answers first, followed by the person to their right, and so on, ending with the card holder. And then once everyone has shared their answer to that question, you talk it out. It's time to discuss. You go ahead, you grill someone about their answer, but you do so nicely. It's a simple game, but it's an interesting way to get kids involved. Uh, Again, that is uh, patheos.com. Another ministry that's a part of the Parent Queue is a an interactive it's it's a website that has video lessons so if you're visual which lots of kids are visual this mm-hmm. is a great one you want to check out studio252.tv and they have weekly lessons there that you can utilize as a family again studio252.tv i'm going to put all these resources on the kitchen table 
Facebook group on the shine.fm Facebook page. Just look for the kitchen table group. If you want to be in that, just let us know, but we'll put those resources there as well. Just a way of uh, helping you again. Vitally important. It's the why of the kitchen table, faith conversations. Bottom line, we need to provide children with opportunity to open their Bibles, to talk about God, to be challenged at home with opportunities to grow in their faith. And that's our faith discussion today. And now moving into Music Matters. So in Music Matters, uh, we celebrate generational differences of music. Let's face it, Jake and I have very different sometimes taste in music. And very similar. And very I mean, similar, yeah. I did grow up with your iPod. So. We're both pretty eclectic. Yeah, we are. And we love good music. I and can go from like Screamo to Broadway and in my shuffle. The Screamo thing is not so much for me. No. I just can't get into it, you know, but it is what it is. All right, so what happens is how we do this. I bring a song. Jake brings a song. I think both of our songs are fairly new here this week. And And fairly similar. And fairly similar. That's right. (laughs) And then we're going to go back uh, in our segment we call Oldie But Goldie. And I pick one from the vault, as I've always done. The vault. With Jake stealing my little iPod as a kid and listening to my old songs. We would go on like long road trips. And I'm like, Dad, can I have your iPod? Yeah. Like iPod Gen 1. So it was like the little like scroll, the circle thing to go. Yeah. And then I listen like Sticks and Striper and and a lot of Christian stuff too. A lot of Christian, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, Striper's Christian. Yes, they are. To hell with the devil. There you go. All right, so uh, song this week. I I think you've actually brought this one to the program in a previous episode. I think I did. And it's from their live album. Ele- Elevation Worship came out with a new live album earlier this year, they right? Did. During I think it was right before COVID. Right before COVID. Well, there is a studio version of what I think is probably one of the best songs, and I think it's the title of the album. It is. It is, which is uh, Graves into Gardens. Wow. This is the studio version. So I wanted you to hear the studio version as compared to the live. I haven't heard the studio version yet. Well, the best part is I have some of the members of uh, Elevation Worship that are going to talk about the song, and then we're going to hear their song, Graves Into Gardens. Give it a listen. Graves Into Gardens is a testimony song to the power and authority of God. It's a song that very confidently declares how faithful he's been to each of us. You know, there's moments we can all experience in life where we find ourselves having a funeral for dreams that we once really believed in, or times when the loss of a close relationship can knock the breath out of us and suddenly we feel like we're staring at a hopeless situation. But this is where God steps in to demonstrate His authority over it all, and He specializes in turning things around. He specializes in resurrection. He's the only one who can make a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He's the only one that can turn our mourning into dancing, give us beauty in exchange for ashes, and he can even take a grave and turn it into a garden. And we hope this song stirs your faith to believe that God's purpose will prevail and remind you that his love endures forever. His faithfulness will continue through all generations. Uh, it's interesting to hear the the studio version because my band we play the live version. Yes, and the still, live version so. is like power drums kind oh, of thing, yeah. which I know you're into. And I'm into that. They're still there in the yeah, studio no, it's version. Still, it's still good. It's, it's still just, good. Not, it's 
a little more subdued. It's held back. It's professionally recorded, and yeah. Uh-huh. Well, my song is brand new. He kind of dropped. I think he dropped it either this week or last week. It was recent. Yeah. Um, but one of my good buddies and I, actually my roommate, he showed me this song off of Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Corey Asbury uh, is a worship pastor in Michigan, I think Grand Rapids area. And my roommate Evan is a massive fan of Corey Asbury. Oh, loves e- everything. Everyone knows Reckless Love. Oh, yeah. Huge Reckless song. Love. But Evan like knows the stuff off of that album. Not everyone knows the stuff off of that right, album, but right. Evan does. And he follows him on Twitter and Corey posted a video of, he wrote a new song, performed it for his church and posted like a snippet of that song. And it was Canyons. Evan and I have been listening to this like just snippet of Canyons because it's so good. <laughs> And we're just like, we need to get this. We need to get the chord charts. We need to play this as soon as it comes out. And it came out. Okay. But he kind of rewrote it a little bit. Oh, and I so the, the the melody is kind of different from the, the live version that we watched. And so we're like, ah, oh, we just want that. We want the original version. But it's still great. Uh, the verses are so good. And it's just talking about no matter where we are in our life, God will be there. And so here is Canyons by Corey Asbury. Where could I run that you wouldn't run? Such a great song. I, I've not heard the other version, but I think that this one is a great one. Yeah. The other one makes more sense for live worship music. Yeah. Because this one, it just gets like, it's the super high falsetto. The one that we watched, it was like just kind of, it was right in the vocal range. So it's, it, they're both really good. I think one works well for worship, like live worship and communal worship. And the other one's just great for listening to or trying to sing with your falsetto. There you go. It is time now for us to go back into the vault and dig up our oldie but goldie. Okay, so we're going back in time. I believe this album came out in 95. Four years before I was born. It's by a guy named John Elefante. If you don't know who John Elefante is, you need to check him out. Is he related to elephants? Because that's elephants no, in Spanish. but him and his brother Dino started a record company called Pachyderm Records. That's funny. They had some great bands on that album, really? on that label, man. Just great. But uh, John Elefante, him and his brother Dino, were both a part of the classic rock band Kansas. Oh, wow. John was a lead singer at one point. I didn't point. know that. Yep, not the original lead singer, but one of the lead singers. And he's still doing music. In fact, he still does a lot of uh, filling in, doing vocals for classic rock bands. Wow. Because he's got that... Classic that, that, rock voice, that, yeah. The grudge. I've heard him do Carry On Wayward Son. Woof. It's awesome. Christian and has put out several Christian albums. And the album Windows of Heaven was probably, in my opinion, one of his best solo Christian records yeah. that he did. And so uh, what we have here is the uh, title track to that album, Windows of Heaven. It is John Elefante. Hey, the window That's a fun last name to say. Elefante. <laughs> Elefante. John Elefante, Windows of Heaven, the oldie but goldie today. And that wraps up Music Matters. And now moving into Culture Shock. Culture Shock, where we highlight someone making a difference for the kingdom of God. It could be your average. Or it can be someone of celebrity status, as in a uh, newscaster, sportscaster, sports figure, actor, actress, whatever. Uh, today, Terry Crews. You know who Terry Crews is, right? Love that man. He's an actor. He's the host of America's Got Talent right now. Currently, um, you know, he's built. He's built like a rock, and 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 he and he shows can, off he can, his. He can do his his pec 
peck dance. Yeah, he does. That's what he's famous for, I think. But nonetheless, recently came out on Twitter saying that he has a desire to shut down the world's largest porn site. I'm not going to mention the name of this site because I don't want to give them any publicity whatsoever. But he had all kinds of response to this. And he basically said on his Twitter account, defund and the name of that porn site. And uh, with the uh, at symbol, fight the new drug, which is pornography. Lots of folks didn't like that, but lots of folks supported him. In fact, one Twitter user said, amen, brother, I'm with you. Pornography sites are dangerous because they keep people in serious bondage of sin. Of course, Cruz, a professing Christian, confessed to uh, having a past addiction with porn. Didn't we do an episode... We did mention a little bit. he, yeah, I remember. We mentioned him in a past episode, but um, it says it almost cost him his marriage. Yeah. This is what he says. It says, pornography changes the way you think about people. People become objects. It affected everything. He goes, I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell my friends. Nobody knew, but the internet allowed that little secret to just stay and grow. It was something that my wife was literally like, I don't know you anymore, and I'm out of here. So what has happened is a petition has gone up online and the petition is called Trafficking Hub. And it basically is seeking to shut down this porn site that we're not going to mention and hold its executives accountable for aiding in human trafficking. The petition says that there have been multiple cases of trafficking and other things that have been posted on this site. And I'm not even going to go into the details they mention here. It's generating millions in advertising every year. Membership revenues has 42 billion visits to this website, 6 million videos uploaded per year. Yet there's no system in place to verify the age or consent of those featured in the content of this site. So a petition was put up as part of a campaign by the director of the abolition of anti anti-trafficking organization called Exodus Cry put up this website. As a result, there have been a lot of changes to certain sites like this, but she believes that Cruz's post is reflective of people who are willing to speak out against this. So I think what's happening is the message is getting out far enough that it's reaching all these people of influence. And once they hear about it, they're really compelled to use their platforms to tell others. She goes on saying, I think that's what's taking place. And hopefully as time goes on, we're going to reach more and more influencers and average citizens because it's really both of these groups of people together that are going to make a difference just unbelievable. So that petition currently has one and a half million signatures from 129, 192 different countries. Their goal is to have two million signatures. So they're again, at, they're actually at 1,688,691. Okay. So that petition is uh, on which petition platform? Uh, it's just, I typed in trafficking hub okay. petition.com. That's the exact link. So go sign that. Thank you to Terry Cruz for speaking out and making a difference, sharing his faith and making a difference in our culture. That is what Culture Shock is all about. And that wraps up this episode of The Kitchen Table. If you want to continue on the conversation or just to contact us, the best way possible is The Kitchen Table Facebook group. You can find that under the Shine.fm Facebook page in the group tab, and there's The Kitchen Table. And there we just continue on the conversation of faith. If you have questions that you want to send to us, you can through there. Music and, and people you know that are making a difference in your culture because we love the average Joe Schmoes because they're awesome. Uh, <laughs> they're, that's just the best way to contact us. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for allowing us to reset the why of the kitchen table today and the importance of faith conversations. Again, all the resources that I shared on the program are on our Facebook group, The Kitchen Table, on the Shine.fm Facebook page. So uh, go there. Thank you so much for listening this week. We'll be back next week with a whole new faith conversation topic just for you. 
Stay salty and lit. Thanks for listening to The Kitchen Table on the Shine.fm podcast network from Olivet Nazarene University. Be sure to subscribe for more content delivered each week on faith, music, and culture.